Our first scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26 through 31. Hear now the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts Boast in the Lord. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. If you haven't been reading along with us as we go through the book of Ephesians, I invite you to start now. It's not a very long book. Uh, It would be easy to catch up. And this is a good way for us to come together as a church around God's gift of scripture. This morning, we're looking at Ephesians 4, 7 through 16. Hear now the word of the Lord. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me one more time? Gracious God, I pray that you would bless this time of worship. You would open our ears and our hearts to the word that you have given us through your holy scripture. That you would use it to draw us closer to you. And God, I pray that my words this morning would not be mine, but that you would guide them instead, and that everything that I say would be to your glory alone. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is the fourth week now that we've been looking at the book of Ephesians. And we're not doing this just so that we can have a book to study together. We're doing this because the book of Ephesians answers a central question of the Christian life, which is, what does it mean to be claimed by God as a member of his household? What does it mean to be claimed as a part of his household of faith? On the first week of this, Paul started out by saying, there are two things you need to know before we go any farther. 
First, that you have amazing blessings as someone claimed by God. And second, that you don't fully understand what that means. The second week, he went a little bit further and said, as someone who's been adopted by God into his holy household, you have a great inheritance. And the way that you come to know what that means, the way that you come to know the blessings that you've been given are to spend time getting to know God, to spend time in Scripture and in prayer, to walk in faith. And as you do, you come to know better what God is like and as such, to know better what we have been given through faith. The third week, last week, we talked about the fact that as Christians who have been claimed by God, a mark of our faith is love. That love is where the root of faith is, because love is where the root of all of Christianity is. It's from the love of God that we receive blessings. From the very beginning, we were created in love, to the very end when we will be made perfect in love and joined together uh, in Him with perfect relationship forevermore. This week continues on looking at the things that we have been given as members of God's holy household. Paul today talks about what it means to have teachers, to have people who are here to help you along your way. Now, in honor of my family being here today, I wanted to tell a story about a time that I was taught something and didn't quite listen as well as I should have. So, growing up with a ranch, that our family, that was a big part of our family's life. There were a lot of things to learn uh, being out in the country. You learn how to build some things. You learn how to fix some things. You learn that if you hear a rattling sound, you should probably keep away. But for us, we also had this four-wheeler, this ATV out there that I was fascinated with. It went fast. It was exciting. And so, when I was 11 years old, I got to learn how to ride this thing. There were a lot of lessons that went along with that. When to, or where the throttle was, where the brake was, when to shift up in the gears, and when to shift back down. To lean into turns, to slow down when you need to, not to take it too fast. And of course, on that first day that I got to drive it by myself, I very slowly but immediately drifted straight into a fence post. <laughs> but I learned, I learned a little bit better how to ride that thing. Until a couple of years later, I was out there with a friend of mine who had not really spent any time on one of these, and I was showing off. We were driving around the dirt road that ran through the property, and there's a field out there, a big open square space. There's dirt and no trees, so nothing to run into. And this seemed like the perfect opportunity to get a real adrenaline kick, to move faster than we would be able to on the other roads. And so me and my friend went out there, and I forgot what I'd been told. So we went out to this and drove around for a little while, kicked up some dust, and then decided it was time to come back home. So I wanted to take a winding path through this field. And so I whipped that thing around, hit the throttle, and whipped it around again, and did not lean into the turn. 
And next thing I knew, we were both on our backs with the four-wheeler on top of us, covered in gasoline and dirt and a little bit of blood, I think. We were scraped up pretty well. But other than that, not too injured, just shaken. So we flipped it over. It wouldn't start. So we had to make the walk back to the house, covered in dust and blood and gas and with our heads hung low and our tails between our legs. Because I had forgotten the lessons that I'd been taught. The truth is, when we think of teachers, when we think of people who are here to lead us in anything, we tend to think of restrictions. When you hear these rules about how to ride a four-wheeler, you think, this is just trying to keep me from having fun. But I'll tell you what, it's a lot more fun to drive a four-wheeler than it is to be underneath one. Because the truth is, these lessons that we're given, the leadership that we're shown, the teachers that we have are there so that we might more fully be able to live into whatever it is that we're doing. So that we might be able to be effective. So that we might be able to continue on for longer than we would otherwise. For us as Christians, being claimed into the household of God means that we are a part of a huge family in Christ. Not just here. This is a family that stretches back for millennia, that stretches to every corner of the world, and indeed runs deep here in our local church as well. And as parts of this family, we are blessed to have spiritual mentors, people who have wisdom and who are able to teach us how best to use our spiritual gifts. People to help us grow in faith and help us learn how to live fruitful lives as we do. Through the Holy Spirit, you see, each and every one of us is given special gifts and talents. These are blessings that you're given, not for your own sake, but for the sake of other people. Now, we tend to get these mixed up with what we call the fruits of the Spirit, which Paul also talks about. He talks about both of these at length. And the fruits of the Spirit are things that you may have learned a song about at some point. Most of us have heard them. Uh, things like love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We know these things are good and these things help us in our walk of faith. They help us as we grow closer to God. And what's more, they naturally flow out from that relationship. As it deepens, these fruits grow. But that's not what Paul's talking about here or any other places where he talks about gifts of the Spirit. Because where fruits of the Spirit are meant for our benefit, to draw us closer to God, the gifts of the Spirit are things that we are given, their talents and skills, their blessings that we are given for the sake of other people, so that others may come to know God more fully. These are things that are listed many times throughout the New Testament. They're things like service and giving. They go beyond the call that Christ has given to all Christians. If you meet someone who has the spiritual gift of giving, they're going to be someone who has no hesitation to give away everything for the sake of other people. I'm sure you've met some amazingly generous people 
People you might even say have this spiritual gift of giving, that they are so concerned with others that they don't even worry about themselves. There are people who have the gifts of exhortation, who are able in an amazing way to recognize the things that others are doing, the work that the people around them are doing for the sake of God, and to build them up as they do, to encourage them and say, I recognize this, and it's amazing. Whatever you need to keep going, let me help you with that. There are people who are given the gifts, Paul says, of wisdom to see the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and connect it in a way to everybody's individual lives, not just as some distant concept, but to make it a real and important part of your everyday reality. There are people who are given gifts of knowledge, who can understand Scripture and our church's heritage better than anyone else, and keep that alive in our midst. And there's people that have the gift of faith. In days long past, these were people who could stand in the Colosseum and stare down wild beasts without flinching. These were people who were so strong in their faith that they could be an example of strength to everyone else who was watching. And through them, the kingdom of God was built up. These are the sorts of gifts that Paul is talking about when he talks about spiritual gifts. The thing is, it can be hard for us to recognize the gifts that we have. Because the truth is, a lot of times we can be our own harshest critics. We can be the ones who are most blind to our own talents. And even if you can recognize your gifts, a lot of times it can be even harder than that to figure out how to put them to use. I knew someone, I knew a woman in a small church who had been involved in their administrative council for years. She'd been a very long time member of this church and she loved the church. She wanted to see it continue to succeed, to grow, to thrive in the years to come. And so she served in the way that she saw, which was on their administrative council. But the thing was, she wasn't very good at administration. But she was so passionate that she wanted to be connected. Until finally, another leader in the church, an older woman, went to her and said, Hey, I see just how much you care about this church. I see just how hard you work. So I want to invite you to try something a little bit different. I think that you could be a real blessing to our middle school girls. Would you be willing to try, just for a while, teaching their class? So after prayer and thought, this woman agreed. And she went, and she taught this girl's group. And the group grew, and lives were changed because of that. Because this one leader in the church recognized the gifts that this woman had and helped her find a way to use them in the best way that she could. And not only that, but by recognizing that this woman had the gift of teaching, she was able to help all of these others have life-changing experiences in this group as well. See, when we ignore or miss our gifts, or try to serve in ways beyond what God has equipped us for, we can do more harm than good.
But God also gives us teachers and leaders so that we can serve in better and more meaningful ways, ways that are more fulfilling for us, and they can help the church as a whole as well. As Paul says, God gives us apostles who can come to us wherever we are, for as far away as we might be from where God wants us to be. Apostles to come to us and invite us in so that we can use our gifts. God gives us evangelists to help us see the gifts that we have through Jesus Christ that we might otherwise miss. He gives us prophets who can see the needs around us in our church, in our community, and in our world, and help point us in the right direction to use our talents and gifts in an effective way so that we can meet needs. God gives us pastors to give us spiritual guidance as we do this hard work, because it is hard to serve, but it's so good. And so God gives us pastors to remind us that God is with us in the work and to remind us just whom it is that we are serving as we do. And God gives us teachers to help us improve our skills so that we might be as effective as God wants us to be. One of the best blessings of being in the church is that we don't have to stand alone ever. And that when we can learn from each other, it makes not only us stronger in our faith, but it helps strengthen the faith community that we're a part of. It helps all of us draw closer to each other, build tighter bonds, and become more stable in our faith. Teachers keep us grounded. They keep us tied to each other. And they keep us tied to our Christian tradition so that we can see where we need to go. But also, as Paul says, so that we can mature in our faith and recognize when things are trying to lead us astray. Because as we grow more firm in our faith, as we grow tighter with one another and learn who the good teachers are, we become much better able to see and resist the false teachers that come up. See, when you know good teachers, what you learn is that a good teacher invites us to support each other, to grow in faith, and to help others grow in their faith as well. A good teacher invites us to support each other, but a bad teacher invites us to support them and them alone. A good teacher in the church is one who brings us together who creates bonds and connections, who helps build and tie the body of Christ into one. But a false teacher is one who builds separations, who drives us apart from each other and from our tradition, so that at the end of it all, we end up standing alone. So friends, as we go out from here today, I want to invite you to do a couple of things. I want to invite you to reflect on your own life and to see what gifts God has given you through his spirit so that you might serve the people around you. And then I want to invite you to think about who the teachers are, who the leaders are in our church and in your life who can help you better recognize your gifts and better fulfill the call that God has placed on you. 
I want you to think about who those people might be and then to encourage one another. Let us encourage one another to listen to them so that we might come even closer together as the body of Christ. Thanks be to God.